This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. So a young pastor is visiting his new church members, small southern town. He's, he's knocking on doors, making surprise visits on a Saturday. Aren't you glad I don't do that? <laughs> and uh, he knocks on one door as a screen door. And he hears some rustling around on the inside, and he knocks again. He hears some rustling around on the inside. And uh, he knocks for the third time. He knows somebody's in there. So finally, he, he whips out his pen and his brand new business cards. And under his name, he writes, Revelation 3.20. He sticks it in the door and stalks off the porch. Revelation 3.20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. <laughs> Next day on Sunday after service, they are counting the offering. The ushers are, ushers are counting the offering in his office. And one of the ushers said, he said, Pastor, I think this is for you. And it was his business card. And Revelation 3.20 was scratched out. And in its place was written Genesis 3.10. Well, they didn't know it, so they looked it up and said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Say, <laughs> so, that have anything to do with the service? No, not a thing. It really doesn't. It, we just thought it, it, would, it would be fun. You know, when we started the church, the, the, uh, we had 27 people. It was June, June the 2nd. 27 people, we, we paid for half of them to be there. And uh, when we left, we, we packed the whole church into the trunk of my car, every, including the worship team. Because <laughs> our worship team was a, was a boom box. And uh, we packed it in the car and we were, we were driving to the uh, storage facility. We had one of those little rented storage places that we stored the entire church in. It was the smallest one they had. And uh, Joy looked at me, she said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I said, we planted a seed. And that's some of the first words I ever spoke about the church, we planted a seed. So this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about planting seeds as we wrap up these 25 days of blessings. Sowing and reaping, planting seeds. That's a principle that God set up. It's a, it's a universal life principle. Everything works on seed time and harvest. Think about your words are seeds. Your words are God's words seed. Jesus said the sower sows the word. Words are seeds. So I, I don't believe words are seeds. Well, some of you still remember things that were said to you years and years, like decades ago. Someone planted a seed. Maybe it was good, maybe it was bad. But seeds are, are planted by words. Our actions can be seeds. Acts of service can be seeds. Material goods. Giving away things, clothes. Joy and I, over the years, I remember we, we had a car and we could have sold it. Well, we looked, we looked at it and there was a family in the church at Lakewood and we just gave it to them. They drove it for years. That was a seed. And so we, we saw that as, as different things in life can be planted as seeds. But it's something that God's established. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, it says this, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. 
you know, you can plant seeds and they can be good or bad. This is really, we said you can, you can plant both. Both produce. My mom used to tell me frequently, she would tell, during my teenage years, she'd say, son, you're going to reap what you sow. And uh, usually that's meant to be like a warning that bad things are coming. But you know, it's not just a warning that bad things are coming, because if you sow good seeds, good things are coming. And you can sow seeds of life, and, and, and we've been doing that for a number of years. When we started the church, and, and I remember we were over in the roller rink, and uh, we, I went to a conference. I don't remember anything at the conference but one. A pastor said this, and, and he said to the, all the, it's a bunch of pastors gathered together. He said, if, if God just supernaturally removed your church from the community, would the community even know that it's gone? And I remember that that, that question really stung me because our emphasis had been, come to our church, come to our church, come to our church. And I realized that that's not the right emphasis, is what, is what can we do for this community? We actually went to the city of Conroe and, and they sent us to the fire department. The very first thing we did to plant a seed in this community is we bought hazmat suits for the fire department. And that began a principle of planting seeds. Paul said, do good to all. What we've done in the community and reaching out to Conroe ISD, to the city of Conroe, to the Lone Star Medical, what we've done in the community, that's doing good to all. Reaching out to missions, doing good to all. And then doing what we did for, for members inside the church. I don't know if you heard Doc, but, and by the way, I should have warned you to bring tissues for, for those two. But when, when Doc was in it, we were clapping. Doc said, he said, talking about the band, he said, is this the only color it comes in? And uh, he, said, he said, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. But I thought, oh man, that, that, that's great. But that's, that's doing something for the household of faith. So as a church, I just wanted you to know that as we tapped it and, and tabled it up, here's the total amount that, that, that we planted this month of 190,000. Is that good? So that's... That's not money given away, that's seeds planted in lives. You know, in the Bible, there was a, some opportunities where small seeds met big needs. Twice, Jesus fed multitudes. Second time, he fed 4,000 men, plus the women and children. I will show you something about seeds here. Look at this, Matthew. Now, Jesus called the disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they've continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then his disciples said to him, where can we get enough bread in the wilderness to feed such a great multitude? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven, and a few little fish. And so he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to his disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now, those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. I thought that it's interesting that Jesus had compassion on the multitudes over something that was a small, seeming like a small thing. They were hungry. They'd been having church for three days. <laughs> Some of y'all start looking at your watches when I start to hit an hour, but uh, they, they, were, they were having church for three days. And... Uh, they had gotten hungry, and no one was looking at their watch because they didn't have any watches at all. So, 
But I, I thought this was interesting. Jesus said, I don't want them to faint on their journey. I don't want them to faint on the way home. And as I read that, I thought, you know what? It's the same thing now. Jesus doesn't want his people to faint on your journey. And so you got to make sure that you eat. When I tell you, I encourage you to read your Bible, that's spiritual food. And uh, you want to eat so you can stay strong for the journey, but that's, a, that's another message. But the fact that he had compassion on them and he wanted to feed them, so he said, what do you guys have? And, and the disciples said, well, we've got, we got seven loaves and, and, and a few fish. So if you really look at it, I, here's really what it appears. That's all the food they had, period. You know, it's not like they could stop by Chick-fil-A on the way out. They're closed on Sundays, and so there's, uh, there's no way they could do that. They didn't have access to food. So the disciples are probably looking around going, well, you know, everybody's out of food. We've we got seven loaves and, and, and three fish, or, or a few fish. And they had a decision to make. Either we keep this and eat it ourselves, or we give it to Jesus. And it's always a decision like that. Do I sow it? Do I hold it? And they decided to put it in his hands. And when they put it in his hands, it became a miracle seed. It's interesting that Jesus didn't feed anywhere probably between six to 8,000 people just out of thin air. He took the seed that was given to him and he multiplied it. And he multiplied it so much that they ate and were filled and had leftovers. Now, I don't know about you, but if I haven't eaten in three days, I'm going to put some chow away. <laughs> and you know these people were putting food away. They're hungry. And you know, how many of you, how many of you mamas know that in, in the pocketbooks, mama's stuffing some bread for the journey home <laughs> because Junior eats like there's no tomorrow, and I know he's going to be asking me for something. There are people walking out with food, and there's still fragments left over. Aren't you glad we got a God who is big, who does things big? He doesn't. He didn't say there was barely enough. There was. Everybody was sitting around going, "Whoo!" And there's food left over. We got a good God, but He can take seed and, and, and multiply it, do amazing things with it. So, what about us? What about for the next 25 years? What, what are we going to do? Well. Jesus had compassion for people. He still has compassion for people, and so do we. We're his church. I love that song. We're his church. We are the body of Christ. Here's the scripture for that. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So we represent him in the earth, and we're going to continue to represent him and continue to have compassion on people. Excuse me. I... Uh, one of the, um, the missionaries we don't support on a regular basis, but I met the young man, Mark Taylor. Jen, do you know Mark, Mark Taylor? Mark's just fine. He and his wife fine people. We knew him through Lakewood. And uh, he wrote me and told me about India. How many of you realize India got hammered with COVID? I mean, if there's any country in the world that cannot social distance, it's India. And... Uh, he, he asked, he wrote and said, hey, we really have some needs. And so we sent him some money. I didn't think it was a lot. I mean, I think it was two or $3,000 that we sent him. But he wrote back and he said, greetings from Siliguri, India. Thank you so much for your generosity towards our work. We're doing well here and have been safe from COVID. It was pretty intense in India with only about 10% being reported. There were no hospital beds, no medicines, no vaccines, 
no oxygens, and no room left in the cemeteries. But we are over it and are cleaning up after. Many pastors have lost so many church members that they need food. We lost over 100 pastor friends all over India. Many orphan kids need a place. We've been providing food for a month, taking in orphans and attending online funerals. Our campus in Siliguri is safe. We have 115 kids out of the brothels and red light districts. We got seven more out just before the second wave hit. They would have been trafficked if not with us. They're learning to preach, lead worship, and getting a real great education with lots of skills from sewing to photography. I know we think about America, and I love America, I love our country. But God doesn't just love America, he loves the world. And we're going to continue to reach a hurting world. As long as I'm the senior pastor, we're going to give to missions every month. And we're not going to miss. But you know, we can do that collectively as a church, and we do that every month, but you know... You can do it individually. So we're the body of Christ collectively, but individually we're members. And you can sow seeds. And maybe you're thinking, hey, I, I don't have the money. You don't have to have money. You realize that some of the best seeds ever sown in my life were seeds of encouragement. When we were just so despondent after starting our first church and it didn't work and we were just sitting there in North Carolina, our dark little apartment, I got a phone call one night and well, I didn't get it, Joy got it, we were in the kitchen. We were so cramped in that Joy, this is when the, remember when they had telephones on the walls? <laughs> so she reached over and got the telephone off the wall and she looked over at me, she said, it's Pastor Osteen, Pastor John Osteen was my pastor. I said, no it's not. He never called me when I worked with him, why is he gonna call me now? <laughs> and she said, Alan, I think it's, it's, it's Pastor Osteen. I picked it up, he said, uh, he said, Alan's Pastor Osteen. I said, hey, Pastor. He said, how's the church? I said, it's not. I never forget what he said. He said, he said Alan, he said, you're not a failure, you're a learner. Come home. I thought, oh. Probably saved my entire ministry because I was ready to quit. But someone planted a seed in me that I wasn't a failure, I was a learner. And so we, we tried again. This is that. And so, this has been a tough month for me. This has been like an estrogen overload for, uh, we'll get back on my testosterone supplements next week. It's, But the ability to plant seeds, we're still the body of Christ here in Conroe and wherever you are, you're a representative of him. So one thing about seeds is seeds can leave your hand, but they never leave your life. So the decision to hold it or sow it is always there. It's always a step of faith. I don't know if you heard Doc, I'll fill in some of his story when he said, if you want a job, volunteer at the art. He wasn't kidding. He'd been looking for a job, I think for months, and could not find one. He'd gotten despondent about finding a job, his doors were closing. And he agreed to serve with his wife and the two-year-olds, and two days after he agreed to serve, a door opened up and he got a job. 
Now you think, well, that's a coincidence. You can believe in coincidence all you want. I believe in a God who's big enough to open doors when we plant seeds, and that's... that's You follow God, there's a lot of coincidences you're going to have in your life. And, uh, but as I was praying about that, I thought about you guys, and I thought, you know, if you're, if you're in, in need of a job or a different job or you need help on your job or your career, if you need help in your family, so much of our emphasis is on need. We need, we need, we need. So we're thinking, what can I get? What can I get? Listen, what, what if we shift, shifted that around and said, what can I sow? What can I plant? Now, if, if you don't know me and don't know my heart, you're going to think this next thing is very self-serving. And, but if you know me, you, you'll be okay with it. If you, don't, if you don't like preachers, you won't like this. But here's the thing. If you're needing help on your job or needing help in your family, what if, instead of going, God, help me, God, help me, what if you said, God, what can I sow into your family? What can I sow into your kingdom? What can I sow into your business? And we always have the decision. We can hold it or sow it. But when we sow it, step back and see what God does. So if you're needing, needing help, just, you might want to consider that. Lord, how can I get involved in your kingdom? And I believe Jesus said it best, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So when we're able to do that, God's able to do amazing things. And he can do amazing things with seeds. And so I read this in, in, uh, uh, today in stewardship. I read one of my favorite passages. He who sows bountifully reaps bountifully, sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Let every man give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here's the next verse. And God's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Notice the grace abounding follows the seed sowing. And so it opens doors. Joy talked about that $1,500 being the best seed we ever sowed. I agree. But the first experience we had was when we were in North Carolina. We didn't have hardly any money. And, uh, and, and by the way, I, I understand what it's like to not really have enough to even feed your kids properly. It's not a good feeling. I never believe it's the will of God. So, Alan, do you believe in prosperity? I certainly do, because poverty took a toll on us. And the idea was that we were just barely struggling. And Joy had a relative that we didn't even know about who sold some land and sent us $5,000. This is 1989. If you don't have any money and you get $5,000, it's like winning the lottery. We were like, oh, boy. And for Joy, she was immediately thinking, this is get out of North Carolina money. I was thinking vehicle money. And I was praying one night, just right after that came in, I was praying one night, our television broke and my prayer life increased. And um, <laughs> I was praying and I, I was just, I was talking to the Lord and the Lord thought uh, there's a, a couple that we know uh, called the Brooms in, in Zimbabwe. Do you know them, Jan? You know, this is great having Janet here. She knows all these people. Um, sweet couple. And the Lord put it on our hearts to send, he put it on my heart to send $2,500. Which if you do the math, that's half of what came in. My first thought was, get thee behind me, Satan. That is the devil. That is the devil. <laughs> and I went, went back to praying again and it just came up again. And, 
Have you ever done that? Is that the Lord or is that me? Is that the Lord? Usually if it's good and giving and gracious and kind, it's the Lord. It's not you. So I, I, was, I was thinking, oh. I said, well, Lord, if that's you, you're going to have to tell Joy. Because <laughs> I don't want to tell her. That girl's thinking, I'm getting out. And uh, I remember the next morning she got up. I said, honey, I was praying last night, and uh, I feel impressed that we're supposed to give some of that money to the broom. She said, how much? I said, I'm not telling you. I said, you pray about it. And uh, by the way, that's the chicken way out. But anyway, it, uh, <laughs> she came back to me. She said, I, I get half. I said, oh, it's got to be God. I got half too. And, but I remember after we, we settled that that was the Lord really leading us, there was an excitement that came in. And, I, and when, when we wrote that check, when I put it in the mailbox, I remember just this elation coming over. Because we weren't giving this money away. It leaves your hand. It doesn't leave your life. And, it, man, and so, man, it went, and we were excited. And within months, Joy's family had some other property that sold just out of nowhere. They had some swamp land in Florida that sold out of nowhere, and $12,000 came into our family which enabled us to move, not only move, then God opened up a door for us to buy a house. And we didn't even have to pay any closing costs. We assumed a mortgage and were able to move into the very house that we had leased before. And and then God opened up a door for my job where they paid me monthly, where they had never paid anyone before me. And they paid me monthly. And by the end of the year, we were in the best shape financially we had ever been in in our life. I'm telling you something. When you do something with God's seed, he can multiply it like nobody else's business. And you, you see the end of it. Planting seeds. So you're going to take up another offering? No, I'm not going to take up another offering. But I would encourage you, instead of just thinking need, think, Lord, what kind of seed can I sow? Can I sow service? Can I sow time? Can I sow finances? What can I sow to meet needs? Best seed ever planted was Jesus. In fact, Jesus referred to himself as a seed. He said, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground, it died, it abides alone. But if it, if it dies, it brings forth fruit. So Jesus came. He was a, the one seed, and God planted him in death. But then he raised him from the dead. And talk about a harvest. Look around. We're, the, we're that. And not only us, billions of people all over the planet and billions who have gone before are the result that God so loved the world that he planted a seed and sent Jesus. And it works. Seed time and harvest, planting seeds. What are we going to do for the next 25 years? We're going to plant more seeds, bigger seeds, more effective seeds. And I really believe, listen, if the Lord tarries this next 25 years, we better buckle up because there's some things coming on the earth. There's some challenging things coming. If we think everything's going to go back to normal after COVID, it's not going back to normal. We're living in a new normal. It's, it's tumultuous. But thank God there's an ark in Conroe that's safe and there's a place that you can come and a place that we can reach people. And this is what we're going to do. So when I say our best 25 are still ahead, I believe that in my heart because we're more positioned to do more now than we were our first 25 years. It's going to be good. Buckle up. Would you bow your head with me for a moment? Heads are bowed, knives are closed, and no one moving around. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Alan, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life, or 
or I'm not sure about that, but I want to be sure. Or maybe you're like I was. You've done that and just gotten away from him, and you're in a state now where you say, you know, I'm away from God, and I know that, but I don't want to live that way. I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. We're not going to embarrass you, but sitting in your seat right where you are, you have an opportunity to connect with the one who loves you more than anybody else who has a wonderful plan for your life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If, if one of those situations applied to you, say, Alan, I want to know that I know. I want to be sure. I want to come back. Would you pray for me? I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, Alan, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. His hands have gone up all over. Anybody else? Yeah, way in the back. I got you. Anybody else? Just say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Wonderful. You put your hands down. We're going to do exactly what we said. We're going to, we're going to pray. Maybe if you're watching online, and uh, you're by yourself, I want you to pray this prayer with us. If you're with others, pray it quietly. As a church family, we're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you're really in your heart. You thought, you know what, I, I really want to do that. We're going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Pray it out loud so you can hear yourself pray. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, with heads still bowed and eyes closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who have stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light, for those who've come back home. Oh, we rejoice with them. And Father, for all those here, those who've been with us just a few weeks, those who've been with us for years, I thank you for them. And I thank you for your plans for their life, for your plans for them and this church as we move into the next 25. May it honor you, glorify you, reach people, make a difference. We ask you for that, the strength, the ability, the wisdom, the anointing to make that happen, that you might be glorified. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.